Hey everybody, welcome to Cigars and Syndication, where we're passionate about cigars and real estate. Um, I'm Robbie, I'm here with my, my co-host uh, Jay, and uh, we're going to smoke a, a, a Davidoff Signature Lancero, and uh, talk about some current events, uh, interest rates, credit card debts, uh, things like that, that might impact your ability to invest. Hey everybody, welcome to Cigars and Syndications, I'm Janaid Noor. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to address in, in this uh, podcast was um, somebody had asked me, well, you know, how do I get to that first $100,000? You know, I make $100,000 a year. How do I get to that first $100,000 so I can invest into something and start building my portfolio? So I think we will we'll touch on that today, too. Good. I think they'll all be good topics and, and you know, hopefully people take these to heart and, and, you know, try to get themselves positioned to take advantage and invest and, and get into real estate. Yeah. So, well, let's start with the interest rate. Um, you know, as you know, the fed did not raise interest rates yesterday, uh, but they did hint that they were going to raise again, uh, at least one more time, uh, this year. So they have a October, they have a November and they have a December, uh, and they need, they're going to raise at least one more time this year. So, um, you know, it's still hurting real estate. Uh, uh, the deals are getting more and more expensive. There's a lot less deals out there. Sellers don't want to sell. But on the flip side, we did, we did a podcast on this before where on the flip side, a lot of loans are going to come up due in uh, October and November of this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the market. You know, I, I, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of discussions right now about the Fed's raising the the interest rate again, and there's a lot of fear that that this this might be the final straw to push us into recession. Uh, we've had this trend of spending all this this COVID money and COVID relief funds, and and I think that's transitioned into uh, everybody spending on their credit cards and, and accumulating credit card debt, not slowing down their spending. Uh, so the GDP's not shrank. Employment's still pretty strong, uh, and and I think that uh, I think that credit card debt is kind of the wild card. Yeah, and I, I did read an article about that where credit card debt is kind of getting much much higher now uh, than pre COVID. So during COVID, a lot of uh, credit card debt had fallen. People had money; they weren't spending money, so they paid off their credit cards, and uh, the economy, the the savings rate in the U.S. started looking like. Japan, where people were saving money, um, uh, not using it for credit card, uh, not using it for consumption, and um, uh, credit cards were were some of the lowest numbers that we had ever seen. Uh, but now uh, it's coming back up, uh, and I think you're right. People spent a lot of money that was printed by the government and handed to them, and uh, once that ran out, they couldn't stop themselves. So, you know, kind of back to the question, you know, how do I get my first hundred grand? And and I think credit card debt is definitely one way to prevent you from getting there. Absolutely. So let's say, and, and, and you know, just running some numbers, let's say you make $100,000 a year. So in order to get into any investment, you're you're going to need to have some money saved up whether you're, you know, uh, buying a house uh, to flip or you're getting into a larger multifamily investment through a syndication, you're going to need to have some money to invest. And so 
the question that that people ask a lot is uh, how do I get to that first one hundred thousand dollars? I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but of course I have expenses, I have taxes that I need to pay. How do I make that one hundred? How do I how do I save that hundred thousand dollars a year? or $100,000, that first $100,000 in order that I can invest. And the first thing is, don't charge things on your credit card. I mean, right now, with the interest rates so high, credit cards are at what, 22, 23, 24, 25% interest rates, you know? Yeah, keep that money in your pocket. Uh, you know, get your get your spending in check. Um, you know, don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, drive a car that's paid for. You know, do all these things that that help you get to the end result you're looking for. Yeah, and the word we're looking for is austerity, right? Sacrifice now or sacrifice forever. Uh, so if you make $100,000 a year, you spend about $40,000 on yourself, um, for, uh, $20,000 in investments, and uh, I'm sorry, $20,000 in taxes and $40,000 in investments. Uh, that's pretty much how you break it down. If you are, you know, if you're spending more than that, if you're not saving as much as you are spending, uh, you're not going to get to that number very quickly. Yeah, it's going to take you a long time to get there. And and you really, you're right. You have to sacrifice now for a few years to get to your goal. You know, just go ahead and, and suck it up, change your lifestyle uh, to where you want to be. Yeah, and and at that number, at that rate, it'll take you about two and a half, three years to to save up a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, how do you do this? Well, don't go out and buy a brand new car. Interest rates are high. Where you're going to buy a brand new car and you're going to get stuck with a payment. Get a used car. Yeah, I mean, get get something that you can pay cash for, and and you don't even have a payment at that point. Um, there's a lot of different ways, I think, uh, but but understanding, you know, how much money you're bringing in and how much you're spending. Uh, and and then how quickly you want to get to your goal. Absolutely. Um, the other thing you can do is, you know, if you're going to buy a house, well, first I would recommend that if you're if you're new, uh, you're just starting off, don't buy a house. Um, you know, get an apartment, get roommates. If you don't have the money for down payments and things like that, and even if you do have the money for down payment, I would suggest to put it into investment property first. Uh, before you buy your your own house, but you know if you can share an apartment with some roommates uh, who are you know spreading the expenses, that'll help you save some money. Yeah, I mean exactly. I think you gotta you've got to really just kind of you've got to cheapen up your lifestyle or or be more conservative in your lifestyle. Uh, you're going to the grocery store. You're cooking your meals. You're not going out to eat. And if you do go out to eat, it's a treat. It's not something you're doing every day. Uh, and and clothing, everything you spend money on, you can do it in a conservative fashion. Right. Um, you know, nobody says you have to wear tattered clothing <laughs> or eat rice and beans every day, but be intentional about where you spend your money. And, uh, you know, there's a book that I recommended to my children. I recommend to everybody. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And The Richest Man in Babylon is a very easy read, and it basically talks about a very important concept uh, which is pay yourself first. And so pay yourself first comes from the fact that, look, you pay the government in the form of taxes. You pay your lenders in the form of car notes, uh, home notes. You pay your grocery people, your your grocery store. Uh, 
you pay your cleaners, you pay everybody else, but you don't pay yourself. And the idea is pay yourself first. That means put aside the money for savings first, then what's left is what you spend. And I think that's brilliant because if that's how you do it every time you get paid, you you live your life like that money's not even there. You keep saving, keep building your nest egg, keep building your your first potential investment. And it doesn't really impact your lifestyle if you've never used that money to enhance your lifestyle. And, you know, very few people in their 20s and even in their 30s or 40s have the discipline on how to use credit cards. And so if you don't have the discipline, don't have a credit card, have a debit card, you know, don't go and charge things that you don't need that you can't afford and then wind up paying, you know, a 25 a quarter of the value, 25% interest higher than what you originally paid for it. Well, grow, growing up, Jay, and, and for a long time, I always heard that you want to try to save 10% of your income. What do you think? I mean, I think I think that's a long road if if you're making a hundred grand. Yeah, you know, uh, I've heard that. I've heard a lot of that too. You know, save up ten percent of your income, um, at, at least, or ten percent is the number that a lot of the financial advisors will give you, and a lot of the uh, the the party talk. Hey, you know, what do you think I should be saving up? Oh, yeah, you should save up at least ten percent. The reality of the matter is. If you're making $100,000 a year and uh, you're paying $20,000 in taxes, you have $80,000 left and you're you're saving up 10%, $8,000 a year is really not going to get you. It it's it's a start, but it's not going to get you to your goal. It's not going to get you to that $100,000 that you need saved up in order to take that next step. What is going to get you? 40% 40%. 40%. And you know, you'll you'll be interested to know that the wealthier people get, the more of that money goes into investments. So when you get to when you have people at the five hundred thousand dollar income level, they're saving fifty to sixty percent of what they're making. They're not saving ten percent. Right. And and that's why you know, it has an incremental in- impact on, on their wealth growing and how fast it grows. And we did a great episode on 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 uh, compounding and how even the income that you make should be reinvested and how quickly it compounds over time. And you know, you know, we can link to that episode uh, at the bottom of this episode. But compounding means you're not spending, you're holding, you're reinvesting. And and if you're in a position and, and maybe you have kids, maybe you can't save more than 10%. We're not telling you to give up. Save that 10%, but manage your expectations and understand it's just going to take you a little longer to get there. Yeah. And this is really uh, an episode for some of the younger folks who are just starting off. You know, you got your first job out of college. You're making eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a year. Um, this is the time when you have no other obligations Hopefully you don't have student loans, um, but even if you do, you know a lot of those are are paid slowly over time, lower interest rates. But this is the time to pay down those student loans, not incur new loans, 
and you know just kind of austerity right bring it in and uh spend less and save more you know you know the median net worth um in the US right now is a, or I think the the survey was 2019 was 121,000 and and that included any uh equity you had in your home uh which is really um negligible um so by saving 40% getting invested uh you can you can go well beyond that yeah and you know a lot of uh people don't realize that if the median net worth is $120,000 $121,000 and most of that is sitting in your in the house that you own. It's not very liquid, and you can't take that money and invest that. You need liquid cash. You know, you need to be able to uh, jump on an opportunity when an opportunity arises, and you need to be able to have that money available. And the only way you can do that is uh, save up that money and have it available in cash. Yeah, and I really like. Um your thought process your thought process when you were talking about you know maybe be a little selfless and and your first investment not be in your own personal home but in an income producing home yeah i mean if i had the same um, advice uh, when i was in my 20s i would not have gone and and bought a house i actually didn't buy a house in my 20s i invested money but i don't know even now you know it's it's debatable whether we should have bought a a house for the family or not. Of course, you know, there's other things when you have kids and you have a wife and, and you have a family because you want that uh, security. You want that, you know, that permanent place to be able to come home to. That has a different value. But purely from an investment perspective, you know, I wouldn't buy a house if I didn't need to. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, with the Fed's holding on the interest rate, maybe indicating that there might be another increase um, before the end of this year, um, I think it's got a lot of people, uh, maybe, maybe apprehensive about what's going to happen in the future and, and what's the, what's the last straw that kicks us into recession. You know, hopefully, hopefully they make a really, uh, educated decision and, and one that doesn't crumble the economy. Yeah. And, you know, one last thing I wanted to say is that, um, I think I read an article someplace that said that, uh, uh something like 60% of Americans are not ready for a thousand dollar emergency. And, you know, as you go through life, uh, lots of emergencies come up. And if your money's tied up, you don't have cash available, your money's tied up in your house, or it's not even available through your house, uh, you're going to wind up using credit cards to meet those emergencies. And then you're going to wind up kind of just getting stuck in that that spiral going downwards, where you're always getting to negative net worth and not getting to a positive net worth. Well, I definitely wouldn't use a credit card to buy Lancero, but if that was your only option, you might want to consider it. It's really a, really a good smoke. I'm enjoying this Davidoff right now. Yeah, so this is the Davidoff Signature number 1 Lancero. And believe it or not, the Europeans love the Lanceros. Um, and most all of the manufacturers, the producers of the cigars, that's what they smoke. It really is a different... Um, a different draw. Um, it's really clean. You really get uh, maybe an enhanced flavor or an enhanced uh, sense of what the different fillers and binders are all about. It's it's a nice uh, it's a nice change of pace. Yeah, it is. And you know, when I first saw this Davidoff, um, you know, my friend Sammy up in Chicago at uh, CDMCigars.com sent this to me, 
And I looked at this and I was just like, this is really not my cup of tea just because it's a much lighter. It's a Connecticut wrapper. It's a lighter wrapper. I really like the darker, more Maduro, more full body. What was he thinking? He knows, he knows what I like to smoke, but, uh, got to hand it to him. He knows what I like to smoke. Yeah, no, it's a good smoke. It is a little bit on the lighter side, uh, but really incredibly smooth and, and just packed with, uh, with a flavor, a good, a good full flavor for a lighter cigar. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, please feel free to to leave some comments below. We'd like to, we'd love to answer your questions. Yep, look us up on albanyparkcapital.com and uh, we we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Have a good day.